0: Chapter 1. Miss Swindles Florence Elizabeth Ethel Swindles was born in Manchester on the 24th of September 1897. That much is true. The Swindles were originally farmers from Lancashire, but it was two brothers, Francis and Martin, who in the early 1800s branched out into milling cotton. They must have been a game lot and tough, The family story goes that Francis ran away from home and his very strict father when he was about 16. He made it down to London and went into service, as they called it back then, as a groom to a gentleman. Late one night, Francis was sitting up next to the coachman taking his master's family home over Hounslow Heath, a hangout of bandits and footpads, robbers on foot, when two highwaymen bailed them up. Francis grabbed the reins from the terrified coachman, ducking the highwayman's fire, and drove the horses furiously through the night, eventually getting the relieved family safely back home. His master rewarded him with a wad of cash, and not long afterwards he married his sweetheart Mary, a servant in the same household. They moved up to Manchester to raise a family, where his brother Martin joined them. Manchester back then was known as Cottonopolis on account of its massive textile industry. And Francis and Martin got in on the act, building seven large cotton mills over the years. By the time they were middle-aged, they were extremely well-off, and at the height of the Industrial Revolution, even bought and restored a 16th-century three-storey manor house. It wasn't from these swindles that Ethel was apparently descended... Rather, Francis and his brother Martin supposedly had an illegitimate cousin, James, who they employed as a cotton spinner and then a cotton buyer. He must have been pretty good at it because the job was handed down to his son and then his grandson, Frank Swindles, Ethel's father. Frank's family never owned a mill, but he was certainly involved with the business and held plenty of coin just not in the same league as Francis and Martin's families. The Swindles brothers were apparently good-looking as well as rich. When they bought Clough Mill, their first cotton mill, the local papers said they were two of the finest-looking men to ever come to the town. But maybe that was the money-talking. The press often remarked on the striking good looks and engaging personalities of the Swindles family, something that was certainly carried down to Ethel. Tall for a girl back then, standing nearly 5 foot 7, Ethel had long brown hair and big blue eyes that held your attention even when you didn't want them to. Her mother Elizabeth was a stickler for manners and made sure Ethel spoke the Queen's English rather than picking up the broad accent of the town. And she always insisted her girls were well turned out, looking their best. Ethel always loved to look her best, wearing the most expensive clothes and jewellery she could get her hands on. She was the only child in her family for 11 years, until her little sister Mabel came along. Her father had always doted on her and she adored him. But suddenly, she was no longer the centre of attention and had to share his affection. How could she be her father's special girl when there was another Her father would often take her to the theatre, opera and vaudeville shows in the busy Manchester town centre to get her out of her mother's hair. And Ethel loved the excitement, the fantasy. But it was the first silent film she remembered seeing at the Oxford Picture House on a cold winter's evening in 1911 that she would talk about the most. Watching that short black and white film on Captain Scott's expedition to the South Pole, she was spellbound taken into a whole other world. Her vivid imagination ran riot. That was her up there on screen with Scott, facing danger, triumphing over extremes, all to the accompaniment of loud, dramatic music pumped out on an upright piano. As more movies were released and more picture houses opened, Ethel would sneak out whenever she could. A trip to the movies didn't come cheap, so she funded her trips with change she'd purloin from her father's pockets or mother's purse but it was never enough she learned to sneak in attaching herself to a group of people often starting a casual conversation with one of them as they made their way into the theater that way she could often avoid the ticket collector and usher sitting just separate from the group alone in the dark imagining herself up there with the main movie star her parents